Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com It's that time of night, you can't stay up tight. So come and join the people and I'm feeling all right here on Overnight America. Oh, nice. Overnight America. Overnight America. Hancock and Kelly here sitting in for Ryan. That was, uh, that was Caller Doug that was singing that with his wife. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So I got to tell you, I made my way to Florida. Doug and Donna. Doug and, Doug and Donna, Michael. Doug and Donna. Well, d- yeah. Double D. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, so I made my way to Florida uh, over the past couple of days with my mother uh, for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And she brought her puppy with her, John. And she's oh. got a, a small little puppy, Molly. It's, uh, I don't know, nice. not much bigger than my foot. Yeah. And uh, we had to swing by the pet smarts to pick up a couple of necessities one might say for yeah, uh, little for Miss Molly. Molly. Yeah. So there I am, I'm all masked up. I go walking into the pet smarts. Uh, not not a not a, not a regular place for me to go to as you know I'm not a pet person. Right? So uh, I go in there and, and to the right is all the dog stuff which is what 75% of the store. Right? And to the left is all the other animals and including um birds. And yeah. they have parakeets and yeah. uh, smaller birds, finches, green birds. I don't know what the heck they were called. Uh, they they were all in little cages there, I guess, to be sold for, for people to have. And it was just depressing to me because I actually hmm. I understand fish. And you can have a fish in a tank. Uh, I don't, I, I personally would never have a snake, but I, I also understand a snake because you can feed the snake and, and, and it, it slithers around and, and, yeah, and does snake like things. There. Yeah. Yeah. You put a mouse in there and, 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 but I don't understand birds because birds aren't supposed to be in a cage. They have wings. They're supposed to fly. And for uh, our, our human entertainment, we, we put these birds in a cage. It's just so strange to me. It's a house. No, it's for the strange. Bird. No, 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 no. Yeah, right. But a birdhouse outside, the bird gets to fly away. And, and well, maybe and the bird doesn't want to fly away. 
Well, how do Maybe you know the bird? if it's in a cage? Well, why don't they open the cages? Why do they have cages? If, if, if they so love these cages, why just not? Why even have a door on the cage? The bird could fly back and forth. At the end of the day, the bird has wings and it wants to fly, and the cage is keeping it from flying. That doesn't seem right to me. It shouldn't huh. be a pet. Birds shouldn't be a pet. Huh. Well, I got no problem with a bird. I mean, if you want to have a bird for a pet, uh, what's wrong? I mean, the bird doesn't know any different. How do you uh, know? He's, well, he's, he he's sitting in the He'd cage. Like he gets he gets he gets three square meals a day. Uh, he mm-hmm. gets you know he gets human interaction, which birds no, maybe long, those birds maybe for. those bigger birds that can talk. Maybe that that's okay because yeah. They, I've seen those that they don't have um, a cage. They just kind of sit on a stick and and they, hello, 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 hello. Yeah. You know, they talk yeah, they, at yeah. you and stuff. But those little bitty parakeets and stuff, that those those things shouldn't be in cages. They, they should be let loose. That's not so a So the lady goes into a pet store. Her husband had died recently. Right, right. And uh, she wants to get a parrot because she wants to have somebody, you know, she can talk to at the house. Uh, and so she goes over to the store clerk and she says, you know, I'm looking for a parrot. And he says, well, I have two of them here. And he said, here's this parrot. And, you know, parrots live to be like 60 years old. Um, and he says, uh, you know, here's a parrot. She said, how much is that? He said, well, that, that one's $1,500. She said, "Oof, well, that's a little, little steep. Uh, have you got any others? He said, well, this parrot here is $25. And she said, huh? I think I can. I think I could swing it. Why is the one parrot fifteen hundred dollars and this other parrot is twenty five dollars? He says, "Well, honestly, uh, the parrot's got a really foul mouth, and um, he just he curses nonstop." And she said, "Well, I can break him of that, you know." And so she gives it twenty five bucks. She takes the parrot home, and he's dropping the f bomb, and he, you know, this parrot's cursing like a sailor out there. And so, you know, she's talking to the parrot, and please, you know, you got to stop this, and. She tries to regulate it, you know, give him give him more food if he's good and, and less food if he's cursing. But the parrot just keeps on cursing and cursing and cursing. And uh, so she's had this thing for a couple of weeks, Michael. And uh-huh. she's she's having a dinner party. And right. so um, people coming over for a dinner party and she does not want this parrot dropping the F-bomb, you know, with all of her friends. And she very so, you know, it comes to the night of the dinner party. She puts the parrot in the freezer. And, uh, he's in the, he's in the freezer and he's just cursing away. And, um, and then all of a sudden he just stops and she thought, Oh no, this is not good. And so she, she walks over to the freezer door and she, she opens it up and the parrot freezing, shivering. He he looks up at her and he says, what in the world did that chicken do? That was pretty good, buddy. Thank you, pal. Yeah, well impressed. Yeah, I so I've, I, I bet I, I bet I've made people angry here. I don't know, maybe I haven't, but uh, let's check in with David. David, you're on KMOX. Thank you, sir. Uh, just a comment about the bird in the cage. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't ever. I would never have a bird in the cage, but I also wouldn't have a giraffe or a lion in a zoo. Hmm. Well, there you good point. There you go. Right. Yeah, but Thanks. same principle. Same principle. Yeah. I think so. Right. Thank you, sir. Yeah. All right. Thanks, David. So uh, keep the giraffes out of the zoos. Now Now you got some controversy brewing out there, Kelly. Uh, we got birds in the cage and giraffes in the zoo. Um, well, I, I don't know much about giraffes, but, but 
the, the, you know, a bird has no place to fly in those little cages, a home cage. Yeah. They, they can't even flap their wings because they go boom right into the, uh, uh, the, the the cage itself. A giraffe, I don't know, it's been a long time since I've been to the zoo, but it seems to me they have a fairly large area to move around. Now, whether or not we ought to be uh, caging animals at all, that's, that's another conversation for another day. But, uh, you know, in zoos, but but a bird, it just seems extremely unnatural to me. Um, I guess we'll step aside here real quick, come back and uh, check in with Jim. Jim wants to talk about cars. We'll do that after this on KMOX. KMOX is St. Louis's news, talk, sports, radio. And welcome back to Overnight America. It's Hancock and Kelly sitting in for Ryan Record. We're going to take you all the way till 2 a.m. So you want to keep it tuned right here to KMOX as we'll continue to talk about cars. We also want to, uh, well, we've been talking about birds. I, I really just don't understand the idea and the concept behind birds being a pet. Would love to hear from someone who has a bird as a pet and Talk to me and explain to me why I'm wrong. 314-436-7900-1800-925-1120. We go back to the phone lines. And, Jim, I think you wanted to hop in on the car conversation. Right. Yeah, I was talking about the happier days with the older cars and all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was at the drag strip over at uh, probably about in the 60s when uh, Big Daddy Don Garlitz, uh Blew up his uh, his rail. He had uh, pieces of the uh, the U joints that all that fly into the stands. I got one of them still. I don't know where it's at right now. <laughs> you got a U joint from Big Daddy Don Garlitz? Yeah, when it blew when he blew a drivetrain. Wow, there's something you don't see every day. No. Who That's is Big I'm Daddy Don Garland? Oh, come on, Kelly. What's the matter with well, you, Kelly? Who is it? Who? Big Daddy Don Garland. One of the great drag one of the great dragsters of all time. Um well, he's Big Daddy Don Garland. It's it's relative of uh Judy, I thought you had on earlier. Yeah, Judy. Exactly. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much, John. That, yeah. I can't believe Do you Kelly, consider I'm, drag racing a sport, John Hancock? Uh, yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah. How's that a sport? It's a machine. Well, you, it's got it's got wheels, and uh, you got to drive them, and it's you know it's a skill involved, and you know most sports have to have a ball to be a sport. But uh, I would I would consider drag racing a sport. Yes, yes, a lot of skill involved. Hmm. Well, I, what about uh, is a pool player a sport? Uh, is pool a sport or is it a competition? <laughs> yes. No, it's a. Of course, it's a sport. Of well, course, it's a sport. What are you talking about? Is yes, bridge a sport. a sport or is it a competition? Is what? Bridge. You know, it's a card game. It's a game. It's a card game. Well, explain to me how pool is a sport. What physical conditioning goes into pool? Pool's a competition. It's a tabletop game yeah. where you can walk around, or heck, you can even sit and play pool. Um, and uh, I don't understand how that's considered a sport. Is ping pong a sport? Yes. So, uh, here's why pool's a sport. It's hand-eye coordination, which is fundamental to any sport. And 
uh, there's physical exertion involved. I've noted that, you know, after playing a number of games, bending over like that time and time and time again uh, requires some, some stamina of the back. Uh, the back becomes a very important part of the of your cue stroke. And you've got to coordinate the stroke of the cue uh, with the bridge that you build and uh, follow through on the ball that you're striking. Uh, so, yes, billiards are definitely a sport, without question. Uh, is ping pong a sport? Yes. I, I, I don't know. Those seem like competitions to me. It's something you can do indoors. Well, every sport is, is a competition. Is yes. a sport? Yes. I see. I don't see that. I, I don't think cars are car racing is a sport either. Now, I do believe you have to be athletic. I do believe that it's uh, you know you have to uh, have quite quite great talent, but I don't know that it's a sport. Of uh, course, it's at the a end sport. of the day, it's a it's a machine. And when I think about pool, pool is like a tabletop game you can play in your house in the middle of the night. I mean, uh, why isn't uh, Monopoly a sport then? It's a game. It's not a sport. Well, then that's um, what I would call pool. Pool is a game. No, because you've got to, there's physical skill involved. And as you know better than anybody else, <clears throat> uh, there's physical skill involved in, in striking the cue ball and getting position and going on to the next ball and so forth. And it, it's definitely a sport. Definitely a sport. I'm not sure I agree with you. Well, you're right. Um, well, okay. What came first? Um, uh, uh, snooker or pool? Uh, pool. The snooker was developed by the British in India. Um, it's about a hundred, little over a hundred years old, but it's a far more um, arduous game than than what we think about as pocket billiards, which is eight ball, nine ball, that sort of thing. Uh, the snooker table is larger. The balls are smaller. The pockets are smaller, and um, it's a intensely um, demanding game and it it's as much defense as it is offense unlike pocket billiards uh, so I consider it the 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 creme de la creme of uh, of table table billiard sports do you, are you familiar with who invented billiards like where or when billiards started uh, you know that was a uh, oh, what's his name back in um, Ancient, no, is it uh, like whatever. the Brits or is it the Chinese or what the Greeks? Yeah, it goes back a long ways. Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> All right, so I'll look this up in the break. But I mean, yeah. I just don't understand how you can consider it a sport in the same. Of course, sense it's a sport. Football and basketball oh. are a sport. Yes. Well, then, wh why isn't Texas Hold'em a sport? Because it's a game. Hand-eye coordination. No, it doesn't. Hand-eye coordination. It does not. You got to think. Yeah, you got to think. Okay, that's fine. It's a game. It's a game. Trivia is a game. Uh, but when you start to put some physicality into the endeavor, it becomes a sport. And th therefore, billiards is a sport. So is tennis. Tennis is a sport, right? Right. Okay. Well, no tennis different. Tennis is a sport. Okay. Yeah, but tennis is a sport where there's physical activity, where you're running and uh, there was actual movement and stuff. Billiards. I don't understand how you consider, consider billiards a sport on the same level that tennis, football, basketball are a sport. Because there's physical movement and activity, and you've got to strike the ball. You've got to, you know, there's a lot going on there. As you should know better than anybody, Kelly, <clears throat> having spent so many hours 
losing to me. And, I mean, and we, I understand, but I don't feel like I'm losing to you in a sport. Well, I feel like I'm losing to you your, in a competition. That's your loss. Um, well, all right. I'd be interested. Dude, am I the only one who thinks that billiards is not a sport? Of course uh, it's a how sport. Is it, how is billiards the same as basketball? No. Right now, right Swimming. now, right now in England, there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that are getting ready to tune in to the UK championship tomorrow morning, uh, which will be afternoon there. And they're going to sit there and they're going to watch the snooker play out. Uh, the the morning session, the afternoon session, the evening session. And they're going to be glued to their televisions for the next two weeks to see who wins the UK championship. One of the, one of the triple crown events in all of snooker. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, right now, millions of people all over the world are tuning in to watch people compete in chess. Now, is chess a sport? Yeah. No. No. How is chess a sport, dude? Come on. <laughs> it's a competition. I mean, pool and chess, they're kind of in the same area. I don't no. see checkers, pool, uh, darts. I mean, come on. I mean, There is physical is... skill, physical skill in a pool of game. Of course, there's physical skill in talking. Right. Right. I guess right. I'm not doing it well because I'm not convincing you. <laughs> That's correct. Uh, all Come I'm on. saying is, all I'm saying is, and now chess probably isn't a sport because I mean you move the pawn to the you know I mean whatever. But it's there's certainly as much a, exertion in chess as there is in pool. No, no, no. I mean, John, you make it sound like you're you know on the same level as Michael Jordan and Joe Montana. For goodness gracious. Well, I, mean, I don't is... like to. I don't like to talk. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, you can make a case. Yeah, wait, wait, here's our producer, Mike. Mike, hop in here. Uh, ask your question. I agree <laughs> hey, what's you. up? Well, I was what? just bringing up a lot of colleges now are giving out scholarships for eSports for kids yeah, that play that video games. Where does that fit in? Oh, great question. Well, so in the eSports, like, <laughs> say, Madden, for example, I mean, you've got to be dexterous with the, with the joy pair, whatever you call <laughs> that thing. And, you know, you jump over people and you run through and you, you do the dipsy doodle and all that stuff. I mean, yeah, that's a sport. That's a sport. <laughs> On the joy that's a sport. So yeah, the when joy you're pad. playing words with friends, John Hancock, are you involved in a sport or are you involved no. in a competition? Yeah, it's a competition, not a sport. <laughs> we got to step aside. We're going to keep this going. <laughs> it's not a sport. Don't we have to check on weather and stuff here? Could be. All right. After this, we'll be back, uh, at least if they'll have us, right here on The Voice of St. Louis, Cable X. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Get ready for the debut of Billiken's Basketball, Wednesday night on KMOX. Yes, it's good! The season starts with the Billikens Classic as they take on SIU Edwardsville. Tip-off at 6 on the voice of the Billikens, KMOX. And welcome back to KMOX. John Hancock alongside Michael Kelly, Mike Anderson in the control room. And we've been talking about, well, we've been talking about snooker. We've been talking about why uh, the queuing sports are indeed uh, sports and not competitions. And uh, we've covered your first car this evening. We've covered the president-elect's national security uh, team that he's assembled. We've covered a lot of ground in the last three and a half hours, Michael Kelly. And um, here's something that has struck me. Uh, we're in that time of year right now where all of us start lighting fires and we all become yeah. little little pyros out there. Uh, <laughs> and, and so you got your you might have a, a fireplace, you might have a fire pit, uh, you might have any number of things. Are you a, are you a fire starter, Kelly? <laughs> okay, yeah, I am. I love it. And uh, so I live in a condominium where we're not allowed to have fire. So I have a little tabletop like uh, fire pit, if you will, and it burns yeah. uh, kind of ethanol fuel. And it's uh, it's uh, I love it. But uh, when I was on my golf trip recently, you know, down at Big Cedar, those cabins have fire. Oh places. yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So so the first night of attempting to build a fire in the fireplace was not successful. And huh. uh, I really felt like I had to give up my man card that day, although alcohol may have played a role in my inability to get that thing. Well, properly. so here's the, you know, speaking as an Eagle Scout, uh, let me yeah. let me give you some advice here. So you're going to build the perfect fire. So what okay. you want to do 
what you want to do is you want to start, you want to lay a, a layer of newspaper down. You kind of wad it up, crackle it up there, and, and plant them like little flowers uh, along the bottom. And then if you have these fire starter sticks, that helps a lot. You don't have to have them. Um, right. Those but, are good. Look, but if you have them, then it's a piece of cake. Let's say you don't. Let's say you're at Big Cedar, and all you've got is wood and and paper. So right. you, you lay you lay your paper down. You got to go gather up some small sticks. Just head out the back of the of the cabin there. Uh, uh-huh. Look on the ground. Gather up some small little twigs, and I, you want to get maybe twenty of them. And you bring them back in. You kind of scatter them around on top of the newspaper. And then you stack your logs and the logs need to be, <laughs> you want to, you want to start with a smaller log and, um, and lay them down at parallel to one another. Then you want to take your next log and crisscross. So they would be parallel, uh, crisscrossing the first logs you put on. And then you light the paper. It gets the twigs going. You got your, you got your crisscross wood going and that catches fire and then from there you're home free buddy you just uh, you just add logs oh. as they as they come if you if you just throw logs into a fireplace willy nil willy nilly uh you're going to be in bad shape it's not going to happen it's, uh you're not going to have a fire and you're going to you're going to be so, a failure all right I, i've known you for almost two decades of my life now right yeah yeah and you know, everything that when it comes to outdoor stuff, your, your wife kind of handles the lawn. Uh, she's putting up the Christmas decorations, major projects, you know, a coyote's in your backyard. You're hiding in the basement, blah, blah, blah. Yet you just described how to build a fire like you're, you know, some survivalist. Well, <clears throat> I don't like to talk, uh, uh-huh. but I did. I am. I am the possessor of the. Um, wilderness survival merit badge <laughs> from the boy scouts and and that meant that i had to uh i had to go out all by myself and uh spend a night in the woods they gave me a little little bit of uh, ground beef and a um what was it it was a green pepper and uh i had to start a fire with nothing uh-huh. and i had to i had to cook this hamburger inside the green pepper and that was my meal and then i had to make a a, a a tent, basically a lean-to out of raw materials, spend the night <laughs> under my lean-to after eating my hamburger and the green pepper, and then uh, returning back to the base camp the next morning, and uh, <clears throat> I did it. So I did it. <laughs> you were that guy in the Boy Scouts, weren't you? Like, you, oh. you tried to get as every merit badge you possibly could. I did. I did. Yeah, I did. You were that guy. Uh-huh. You know, you take your flint and steel, Kelly. So you, you yeah. got your you got your scout knife there, and you got your 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 flint, and you <laughs> you're chicking on the you're chicking on the on the uh, on the rock. The there, steel, yeah, uh-huh. uh, with with the steel and the flint, and uh, th- that creates sparks, and that gets into the uh, into the material you've started, and then that starts the little flame, and then you get the sticks, and then you build on. You have a fire. You put your green pepper and hamburger in there, and voila. Dinner huh. is served. What what merit badge was this one? Wilderness survival. Well, how about that? I, uh, I got done... that circa nineteen seventy five, if memory serves, which was about the Not... time you were uh, you were coming along into did... the world. Yeah, did you get the swimming merit badge? <laughs> no, Kelly, I can't swim. 
That's what I'm saying. So you, you can you, you can light a fire, but you can't swim. So how can you I be can't a survivalist? You, you, how can you be a survivalist and not swim? Because you don't have to swim to be a survivalist. Uh, you know, you, you, <laughs> you can you can live perfectly well on the land. And uh, <laughs> I just I can't swim. I'm sorry. I mean, it's just you know, it's one of those. Have things you ever thought that, about taking lessons? Uh, well, I can swim. I just can't yeah. swim far. Um, so, I mean, I'm fine in a pool, you know, right in the deep end, I'll get to the shallow end pretty quick. Uh, (laughs) but I'm not going to swim in a lake or a ocean or something like that. That's just not, that's not my, that's not my game, buddy. Not my game. Yeah, I get that. So when, when Georgian who's, uh, you know, she, she likes the sun, she likes the beach, wants to do that. What is, what does John Hancock do? Get a good book. Um, Probably three good books, and then uh, cheer them on as they go to the beach and get sand all over their bodies. And I sit on the, <laughs> I sit by the pool and I read my book. That's, That's what I do. Guy. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Now, what was your what was your hardest merit badge to get? Hmm. Probably, it was probably personal management, where um, you had to do like a budget and um, investments and uh, kind of plan out your annual income and figure out how you're going to live on, you know, whatever you're, you know, 14 years old. Right. Um, That was probably the most challenging for me. Cool. Yeah. So there you have it. I'm impressed. Well, you know, I don't like to talk. Now, so, so we start these fires. So we've got a fire pit outside and I get the fire going. It's roaring. It's all good. Um, my worry is the little embers that shoot off, off of the fire. Right. I worry they're going to catch my house on fire. And, um, you know, cause they land on the roof, the roof catches on mm. fire and poof, pretty soon you have no home. Uh, right. but I wonder, uh, Georgian doesn't, she doesn't care about that at all. She said, there's no way those little embers are going to start a fire on the roof. And the next time we interview Dennis Jenkerson, the, the chief of the fire department in St. Louis, I want to ask that question because uh, I believe that an ember on the roof could be the end of your home. So maybe that's yeah, just me. Right. I guess. So, but I mean, it, does it consume you the entire time these embers are going up in the yes. air? You can't think of anything else? I guess. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, you're out there trying to enjoy the fire and then there goes an ember, you know, and you're looking. Up and, and then but George Ann's like, hey, don't think about the ember. If something goes down here, we'll be able to handle it. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't care. And she, you know, she's in her camp. She's throwing another log on the fire. And, and uh, you know, I'm just saying that, um, you know, I'm a, I'm all about the worst case scenario in my life. Right. <laughs> and the worst case scenario is that one of those embers is going to land on my roof. <laughs> And it's going to start a little flame and pretty soon it's going to be engulfed in fire. And pretty soon my piano's gone. I mean, that's what I, that's what I'm worried about right there. (laughs) Well, I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. Well, see there I have, but I, you know what? I have been to your house where we have sat around the campfire and you seem to be engaged in conversation. All right. So you can disguise it at times. Well, it just depends on the embers. If it's windy, I'm yeah. not good. Not good. Well, not that's good. the worst part about a fire pit or being in like in the Boy Scouts. Remember when you have to be around the fire and then the fire like blew on you because the wind was going your direction. Yeah. And then, you smell, then you smell like fire. Yeah. Like nothing. That. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. 
Doesn't bother me. All right. Love the smell. All right. Well, we've got to step aside. We're going to come back for our final our uh, segment of the hour. Take you up no to boy. the top of the hour in the news. After this on KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. Hello, good evening. It's Hancock and Kelly. Thanks for sticking around with us. Hey, we'll be back here again tomorrow night as well. We're going to take you all the way till 2 p.m. or 2 a.m. this evening or this morning. Um, and we'll be back with you again tomorrow. So uh, thanks for tuning in to KMOX and listening to us. John Hancock, Wednesday before Thanksgiving is usually yep. the biggest uh, bar night of the year. A lot of people it think it's New Year's, but it's really that night. It is. And uh, obviously this year is going to be quite different because we are in the midst of a global pandemic. We all know the restrictions that are taking place in various communities across the state and uh, in other states and even here in our own region. But you were telling me a story about something in Pennsylvania that was going down? Yeah. So in a bid to halt the spread of the coronavirus, the health secretary of Pennsylvania, uh, Rachel Levine, has ordered on-premises alcohol sales at bars and restaurants to shut down at 5 p.m. on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. No booze sales in Pennsylvania after 5 p.m. on the day before Thanksgiving, thereby robbing all of these bars and restaurants and facilities of one of their biggest revenue makers of the year. This is a bridge too far, buddy. A bridge too far. So it's, I guess there's a lot of questions we may not know all the specifics to. Does that mean you can't go to the liquor store and, and pick up a bottle of wine to take home uh, to your house? Or is it just the restaurants and bars? I think it's just the restaurants and because they're trying to keep people from gathering, social gathering. Right. Um, well, but, but a lot of the restaurants and bars are surviving, too, on cocktails to go. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's... You know, I don't know what the, the, the proper balance is here, but, you know, I, I get that we can't have people indoors, particularly in a lot of these big cities. Um, so if you can't facilitate it indoors, that you've got to have outdoor settings. But to say they can't make any money, I don't know. Ugh, yeah, I'm, sen- I'm sensing you're with me on this one. I mean, this is, look. This is we're, we're in a global pandemic. It's bad, and it's it's you know difficult for everybody. But why do you why did why does the government keep focusing in on restaurants and bars when there is no evidence that restaurants and bars are causing the spread of the virus? Um, I have seen nothing that indicates that that's the the epicenter of the problem, and yet. Um, State after state, county after county, city after city are closing restaurants and bars. Yeah, but, and but, but John, these are small the, business people. Yeah, I, I, I get it. We're in a, a real pickle here. At the end of the day, what's causing the spread of the virus is people. Well, we're not in a pickle because you can't, you can't sell a pickle because <laughs> yeah, the government's but, closed down the restaurant but, and you got to sit on your pickle for, but, you know, however many weeks. Right. But we're in a situation because when people get together, that's when the virus spreads. Well, we, you know, almost every aspect of our life is social distance now. The kids are, I guess, kind of back in school, maybe not in school. Most places of work are still working remotely. Um, we have the colleges coming home now into quarantine, and they likely aren't going back. 
Um, so, you know, we're investing all of this time to keep ourselves separate, but we're saying, yeah, but you can go commune at a restaurant. No, that's what happens when people are together. That's how the virus spreads. But, but at the same time to, to prohibit Walmart's, them from Walmart's being open. able to sell. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I don't like is we're forcing people to go and, uh, rather than, you know, patronizing their local establishments, they're going to go to some big multinational corporation and take their beer home that night. Gas stations open. Yeah. Um, targets open, right. you know, and, 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 and here, you know, Joe's deli is closed and, and it's just not right. And, and uh, people, people have to be responsible I do think that the market will take care of a lot of this. People aren't going to go flock into restaurants with hundreds of people in them. But I just don't think it's the right role of the government to shut down uh, an entire sector of business that may never come back. I mean, you think about what these restaurants are are dealing with here. Um, They're losing money hand over fist. They can't keep a staff employed. You know, how do they survive through this? And yet, and yet, other businesses—not restaurants, but other businesses like retail stores—are open. And it just—I don't know, man. It, it really bothers me. Yeah, I, I appreciate the concern. At the same time, I mean, I, I just don't buy that the virus isn't spreading in restaurants and bars. I also believe it's spreading in schools. It's spreading in—I'm sure it's spreading in these places that we're shopping. Uh, right. I don't know. I guess it's trying to find the balance of what's the safest. Now, I personally, you know, I am patronizing the bars and restaurants in my neighborhood, but I'm not staying inside. And even I accept that even as we're going in the winter that, you know, 80 percent of my meals I'm going to be taking out from uh, restaurants just so I can try to help keep them alive. You know what we did tonight? Um, so I live in Chesterfield, and we've got a neighborhood that's probably got, I don't know, a couple hundred homes in it. Right. And um, so we've got the neighborhood Facebook page. And, and um, so we all agreed that tonight we would, we're going to pick a restaurant, and all of us are going to order uh, delivery from a certain restaurant. So tonight it was Three Kings which I've never eaten at before, but it's a local restaurant here in town. The food was great, uh-huh. by the way. And right. 60 people in this little neighborhood here, 60 people ordered carryout from that restaurant tonight. How and awesome is that? It was awesome. And the food was good. It was delivered. Um, very tasty. And, uh, in fact, I ate so much I was afraid I was going to fall asleep before the show was over here but um <laughs> but you know that that's the kind of stuff we have to do to come together to support yeah. these businesses because it's just that important yeah there's no doubt about it hey man i've really uh enjoyed this hour and uh, i'm looking forward to doing this with you again tomorrow we've got a couple more hours still ahead of us um and uh johnny boy i guess, guess we gotta say goodbye well, it's about that time. He's Michael Kelly. I'm John Hancock. I want to thank Mike Anderson behind the glass in the studio down there on Olive Street in downtown St. Louis. Thank you so much for your help. All the callers tonight, you guys were great. We had some great uh, little back and forth on the calls. Uh, it is a pleasure to sit in for Ryan Recker. He does a great job here on The Voice of St. Louis. We'll be back tomorrow night. Wednesday night is St. Louis University Billikens basketball back on KMOX. We'll see you around the corner right here on The Voice of St. Louis. 
KMOX. My heart beats with the lonely rain Wishing I could see your face again Change the dial on the radio Find something playing kind of bluesy and slow If things were only like they used to be has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.